0: The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Welcome to the Pokepress Digest Podcast, a Pokemon news magazine show. Here you'll find some of the best content offered by our site. For more, visit us at pokepress.blogspot.com. As promised, this episode contains our discussion of the non-musical aspects of Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. And From Piquity Podcast joins once again to go over the art style, script, and other facets of the remake. We also talk about whether the movie got released the way we wanted, and what kind of CGI Pokemon movies we'd like to see in the future. Thanks. Okay, well, time to talk about the movie itself. For those of you who aren't aware, we're actually recording this about a week after we did our music discussion because we kind of ran over on time on that and didn't have enough time to do the actual movie discussion, which we always like to do with this. So a little bit of time has passed, and I've taken care of a few things here. I actually went back and watched the original movie uh, yesterday, the day before we recorded this. It was actually on Pokemon TV, although I have plenty of other ways I could... Could watch it on Blu-ray and DVD and stuff like that, so I wasn't lacking in that regard. So we'll be able to do maybe a better comparison there. Uh, but we're going to talk about the movie itself. We're going to talk obviously about the CGI. We're going to talk about sort of some of the script changes from the original dub version, and um, we're also going to talk about you know w- would we want to see more movies like this? W- this movie get sort of the the release we kind of wanted slash it should have and kind of all that fun stuff there. If you're watching along with this live or as uh, a replay, please do give us some comments, how you felt about the movie itself. We will try to work those in either here or in the future discussion. Always appreciate that. Uh, Viewer feedback is some of the best stuff we get here, but yeah. So I guess we should talk about, you know, reactions, you know, uh, First of all, when this movie was originally announced, this remake was originally announced, I guess back, back in 2018, it must have been, because I think it was sort of teased along with the, um, the Power of Us movie when that came out back then. I'm not sure, as far as my thoughts, I, I think they're, I was a little bit cautious about this. I don't think they initially announced it was going to be a CGI remake. Um I think they just started announced what the concept was. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But uh in any event, uh, that's kind of what we had to go with there. Um that was obviously even back then that was still a trend that was going on primarily with like uh Disney redoing their their stuff as their animated movies as live action. And what was your sort of reaction to the announcement of this?
1: I'm kind of in the same way I react to most of the Disney live actions is that I'm optimistic. I want it to be good, but I'm cautious. Like, I don't necessarily know that we always need to have those stories retold when they already exist in a beloved medium. So it's, yeah, we we just didn't have enough information to really form much of an opinion one way or the other. We just kind of knew it was happening but what to expect for a long time, like almost right up until it released, we didn't know a ton of info.
0: That's definitely the case. Uh, I think at some point they did, like it leaked out or whatever, that it was going to be CG. But I think our first actual look at the CG was in very early 2019. There was some, there was a trailer slash some pictures that came out and stuff like that. I know that so a lot of folks compared it to like Robot Chicken and stuff like that, uh, but it, this was actually done by uh, OLM's digital CG studio, and it's worth noting that in Japan the term anime really refers to any sort of animation, whether that's western or eastern, or whether it's hand-drawn style, or claymation, or CG, that is all anime. Uh, here, here in America, we generally re- use it to refer to eastern animation, with a trend towards the hand-drawn style, but yeah, I just wanted to toss that in there quick, but you know, I was I was interested. I I wasn't super blown away by it or anything, but I was interested to see what it would look like in motion. Uh, and did you have a similar reaction or something different there?
1: Kind of the same. Interested, a little, just a lot of unknowns. So cur- curiosity definitely. Like, I remember I was not especially impressed when I first saw, like, the first glimpses of of the CG, um, which kind of, like, added to my idea of, like, well, what are they gonna do that's different and meaningful? Like, do we really need to retell this story? I mean, I don't know if we're talking about how we actually felt when we saw the movie proper yet, but yeah, that was my... It's kind of the same thing, it's just like, I just don't know enough to form an opinion but I know enough that I'm not I'm, I'm curious but not necessarily excited
0: yeah yeah I, w- I was sort of holding out judgment uh, I don't try to do those real snap <laughs> reactions that you there's that very prevalent on the internet these days I guess you could put it that way
1: <laughs>
0: C- certainly uh, no loss for those when you whenever these things come out uh there were a number of folks who were very excited at the prospect. Um, you know, I, I suppose it depends on sort of your how how recently you'd seen the original version and your thoughts on, on CGI slash remakes in general. You know, the question always is, mm-hmm. well, does this movie need to be made? Well, you know, that's kind of a an odd way to put it because no movie technically needs to be made.
1: <laughs> True.
0: But um I guess really the question you're asking is is this how redundant is this remake, you know, uh, and stuff like that. But we got uh, a little bit here and there over over the year. Obviously, it eventually came out in Japan over the summer, and then there was a very long wait to find out what on earth was going on with the Western release. I, I kind of <laughs> figured that this would either be a very large digital event, so you, you take what Fathom Events had done before, and sort of make that even bigger, which I think some of the, the Pokemon movies they did were were pretty big to begin with. Or I thought this would be a maybe a wide release, not as big as Detective Pikachu, but sort of getting there. Mm. You know, maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred screens or something like that, something of that nature, depending on and where it would go in the calendar. And then finally, in well, we got some hints in December that it might be coming to Netflix, but it was confirmed in January. And of course, it all released last month, about uh, a little over two weeks ago from when we were recording this. And that's how it came out there, and and then we saw it uh, for for reels this time. <laughs> but uh, going back to the CG, let's—that's obviously the biggest change. Um, and actually seeing it in action, and over the course of the movie, what did you think of the the CG here?
1: Um, kind of a mixed bag. The backgrounds are beautiful. Um. The human, the Pokemon are rendered really quite nicely. Like, they're very cute. I like the textures. The humans came off as a little uncanny valley at first, but I eventually kind of warmed up to that design. Honestly, be that it was a shot-for-shot remake, like, it was interesting, but it, fe- it did feel a little redundant. It's like, I'm not sure I need this in my life. And then Team Rocket came out with their song and dance routine and all was forgiven. So... I kind of went through a little bit. By the end, I was on board. I don't know that I necessarily need to watch it again when I already have 90% the same movie in another form. But it charmed me in a lot of different ways. It did a lot of things very well that I wasn't expecting.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think what you mentioned there about the uh, the Pokemon coming across better then the human characters is definitely a common theme. I mean, there were some folks who were just totally repulsed by the CG just in general. Um, I did take the time to listen to a number of reviews, slash watch, slash read a number of reviews on this movie to get sort of a, a feel, both for the overall opinion and the music and just kind of in general. But as far as my own personal opinion, I kind of have to agree with that. Um, I don't know if the humans, you know, everyone has their own idea of what the characters should look like in 3D. Uh, there were a lot of comparisons to like what the mm. Pokemon look like in the Smash Brothers series, which I guess is is partially fair there. But like I said, everyone has their own opinion of what they should look like, and maybe this did match up, maybe it didn't, or you know, even if it didn't, maybe it was better than what you had in your head, or 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 what <laughs> there. But everyone's going to kind of have their own reaction. This is not just in music, but just in general, um, a movie that's not going to be what everyone wanted or expected, even even if they they wanted it to begin with or were interested. But yeah, I I have heard some criticisms about the animation quality and whether it's as good as what people would expect. I mean, some folks really lauded it. Other folks were unimpressed. And, you know, it kind of runs the gamut there. I didn't get a good sense of sort of the... The relative uh if there was a, a sort of a median or average thing about that <laughs> but uh
1: for my part like i was i was not impressed in the sense that there are many other countries who do a lot better cgi but i was impressed because i have never really seen those companies come out of japan i i've In all my years of watching Japanese television, like, CGI cartoons did exist and the like, but, like, that was not their industry. That's not what Japan is known for. Like, they have a live-action industry. They're not especially known for that, although it it can be quite good. It, you know, hand-drawn 2D animation is their game. So I was impressed in so much of the animation of this just because that's not something that I've seen out of Japan a ton. So I'm kind of glad to see that industry and that art form, you, you know, developing over there. And that the those, again, those backgrounds were beautiful. Like, textures were rendered great. Like, the problems I have with the humans is strictly design. It's less, I don't know, capability, I guess. I, I, I suppose some of the movement could be a little smoother, like walking gates and things. But... Like, I, I'm kind of in two minds. Like, I'm not impressed in the sense that I have seen better out of the world, but I am impressed in that this was a lot better than I was expecting for a country that has not kind of made its mark as we do CG, like, say, Pixar has in America and the like.
0: Yeah, Pixar is more or less, at least in terms of animation, kind of the gold standard, although I think the other Western CG studios are are starting to really approach that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think there are some maybe some holdover conventions from hand drawn uh, Japanese animation that sort of affect how they do their CG?
1: Um, that that is not a a discipline I'm super involved in, so I wouldn't be able to. I don't think I'd be able to identify them. Um, it definitely it's possible, given that OLM didn't. It, it started out as primarily hand drawn. I d- I don't know what their background in CG is. It's possible. I mean. I I suppose we did kind of see that a little bit with some of the earlier CGI um, television shows over here where people were transitioning from one medium into the next and different ways of working. Um, I've definitely heard animators comment that it it is a different ballgame between CGI and hand-drawn when you're creating a show. But I don't know enough to identify what those holdovers might have been.
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying with all of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking more of the uh, i was I was personally thinking more of the limited animation style from hand drawn, and if they they maybe don't flourish in the same way in the in the CG because of that, uh, a- anything like that? Oh,
1: possibly. Again, that's that's something that not being on the inside, I think it's hard for us to judge. Like, like what is. What is an instinct you have that doesn't translate, and what is just um we didn't have enough budget or you know
0: <laughs> I so
1: it is definitely possible though, I see what you're saying,
0: yeah, I mean, the limited style is more so they can just pump out you know forty some episodes a year of some show that's that's based on a manga or something like that the The movies always tend to have more detailed animation. Um. E- even though yeah, a, a lot of the <laughs> yeah. original version of of Pokemon the first movie was produced on on sixteen millimeter and whatnot, it was still more fluidly animated than say um than than the TV show usually is. Okay, I I think that covers some of that. Were there any particular Pokemon or or other moments that really stood out from a, from an artistic perspective to you?
1: Um. Ugh, like uh, <laughs> From an artistic perspective, like visually, I, I assume you mean, I-, I liked a lot of stuff with Mewtwo at the beginning and the scientists. Um, again, being that it was shot for shot, it was hard to really appreciate a lot of it because a lot of it was just like, oh, that's a pretty background or like, oh, Bubbles' skin looks really, really textured, but I'm basically watching the same movie. It wasn't until we got to Mewtwo's palace that I was really impressed. And it's the same basic design, but there's something about it rendered in 3D that kind of makes you take a step back. The lighting choices they used were really great. Oh, Pikachu's electric attacks were something that did kind of strike me from the beginning, just because, like, they're so yellow, like, almost, like, nothing realistic about this attack yellow. And... There's something about that, like, overpowering, clearly not real um, visual impact that made me feel like, yes, that is exactly what it would be like standing next to a Pikachu. Just, like, overwhelm your senses. Like, little things like that, but I, I'm struggling to think of any big moments visually. Most of it revolved around just being in Mewtwo's palace and that, that basic design was so detailed and to see it rendered in three D, like makes me appreciate it all the more. Like, there's a lot going on there.
0: Uh, I see. I, I mean, I didn't have as much quite stand out to me. I think we're at a bit, bit of a disadvantage. This being, you know, home viewing on Netflix, which is streaming, so um, may not be able to see all the detail that is in there. It looked nice to me, and definitely some of the the fur texturing. Uh, I actually kind of, there was that, there's that radicate in the, uh, at the, the, the pier or whatever it is that uh, really stood out to me.
1: Mm. I did have a question. Um,
0: Go ahead. uh,
1: Yeah. um, I noticed about midway through the movie when uh, stuff goes down, it got super dark, like to the point where it was difficult to physically see some of the characters, like when Ash was... Uh, running around to save Pikachu from Mewtwo's collection balls and the like was—I was never sure if that was just my friend's TV that I watched it on, or like like our connection on our end, or if that was something everyone universally experienced. I couldn't really hear see a lot online about that. Did you notice any point where the the screen basically just got too dark to see?
0: Um, yeah, I don't know that I had an experience like, maybe- like that. That might be some like. Yeah picture settings on your TV Our or settings. something like that. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean,
0: that can be a problem, okay. but uh, I wish I had more to say. I don't recall an experience quite like that no. watching this. So I, I,
1: It was probably just us then.
0: <laughs> I do remember that it comes up with uh, sort of the, the flashing, like there's a flashing scene or something like this, which I think is when Ash is going through that tube down there with the, the stuff down there, which is obviously kind of ironic given the franchise we're dealing with. But, um, no, I don't recall a an experience quite like that. I, I think uh, things were certainly bright enough for me to, to see most of the time. Uh, yeah, your, your TV picture settings, you know, if you have, like, some of those auto-correction stuff on can go too far. Maybe that was a case of that, but...
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks.
0: Okay. So, moving on from there, let's kind of talk about the, the dialogue changes. Now, this movie, the English dub is is generally supposed to be closer to the original Japanese script. There are a few notable exceptions where they definitely kept stuff in from the original English dub. Uh, sort of the most notable one is that in the original Japanese version, um, Mew makes some comments, some some very anti-clone comments in in one or two parts, and that's not. Uh, brought over into this. I don't know if the Japanese audio uh, did that and stuck closer to the original Japanese script in that regard, or or what. To be honest, I think that might actually be somewhat of a branding choice. Uh, basically, Mew says some things to Mewtwo about cl- you know clones being icky and copies and stuff like that, and I think maybe that wasn't the tone they wanted to go with or something like that. It's not how they wanted to depict a mythical Pokemon. That's just a guess on my part, but They did keep that from the original English dub. Outside of that, they they did bring in some stuff. Um, Notably, there's a kind of an extended opening, although it's not the the full opening uh, that has like amber and stuff like that. Um, And then they uh, sort of headed a bunch of stuff, uh, to be honest. And you can kind of probably tell from my intonation there that maybe I wasn't the most impressed by some of that. (laughs) um but i guess we want to break that down area by area let's talk about you know were there some script changes that really stuck out to you ann um
1: team Rocket's song and dance number i think like i think we both were guessing they probably wouldn't do the vikings thing again so when they came up in their lapras like that was a great scene most of what i noticed was that beginning where they kind of went into that intro special uh with amber but then didn't that was like a bit disappointing like i felt a little bored and like just wishing if they were going to add extra stuff that we got to see that origin with her but most of the changes i noticed were related to team rocket and their dialogue I found for the English version, I much preferred this round of dialogue between Meowth and his clone. Um, I don't know that anything super profound got said or changed, but like just something about the way the conversation played out, I liked a lot.
0: Funny you should mention that, because actually I think that's one of the...
1: Oh, you're the other way. <laughs> well, it's not
0: just me, Anne. Um, you're entitled to your opinion oh, oh, for sure, but... <laughs> if you look, it's definitely one of the biggest criticisms of things they change is that Meowth does not get to do his sort of, um, you know, maybe if we thought about what we had in common, uh, instead of always what we have that's different, maybe the world would be a better place. Uh, not quite what he says there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: uh, that that was a pretty heavy criticism that they changed it to the the original Japanese thing, which is about the moon. Let's let, Let's talk about this scene in depth. OK, so if you ever listen to the commentary on the original Mewtwo strikes back, poking on the first movie DVD, the like Norman and I forget who the other guy is in there. I'm pretty sure it's Norman Grossfeld. Talk about how this scene, they were really seriously considering cutting it because it kind of didn't, you know, strike them. And eventually they came up with this line about uh, where Meowth talks about how we have, you know, the same moon, the same air. And I think there were probably a couple of reasons um, that folks really missed this line. I think something similar Mewtwo says a little bit later, they sort of tried to keep some aspect of it. But honestly, uh, I really wish they had kept that because, you know, in this day and age, that's that's really a thing society needs. Mm. And to cut that out and, you know, maybe they moved it a little somewhere else, but the the whole full moon thing just didn't really do it for me. It's just not, you mm-hmm. know. I'm I, I'm sure there's you know sort of a philo- philosophical thing there that Meowth is, is doing in this one, but that that sentiment is something our world really needs. You know, a movie isn't going to save the world or end our polarization or whatever in society. But I think that's one part of the, the movie that really is is resonates in this day and age. And I think that's – I would much rather they had gone with that or something very close to it, if at all possible. And uh, do you have a rebuttal?
1: Mm. <laughs> well, I do. But what you say makes a lot of sense. And given that it's – for me, it's either Meowth's line about like we share the same air, the same sky, or it's you – lay into the fact that Mew and Mewtwo, despite being exactly the same, hate each other. Like, you have to lean into one of those things, and this movie, in English, did not lean into either to get that message across, because this movie is dealing with a lot of very socially relevant issues. For me, I appreciate it just because, you know, as an indie film lover and like, Jap- Japanese being a very indirect uh, culture when it comes to it, like, they don't often in media express things directly on the nose. I appreciated that opportunity to to think about things deeply and ponder as an adult, because that is, I, I think, on a different commentary, Norman Grossfield and, and Companions, pointed out like that's something that their culture values in their media is that ability to come out of the theater and be thinking and pondering and like having those poetical moments. But this is also, at least in English, a film primarily for younger people and sometimes you do need to have the theme hit home a little bit more directly in a- our culture which values that direction directness. And since Meowth was not direct in that scene, and we also skipped right over again, Mew and Mewtwo arguing the entire point of the movie, um, in English. Yeah, there, that, that leaves a gap. And I, now that I think about it, just because I know what that gap was filled because I've watched all these movies for 20 years in multiple languages doesn't mean you didn't drop the ball for the next generation of kids who do not have that background.
0: At the very least, I think, you know, from an, a, a broader audience perspective, I think keeping the, you know, same sky, same moon version there would have been good. The other thing I find interesting about it is that this script...
1: It's a beautiful line.
0: ...was adapted by James Carter Cathcart, a.k.a. Jimmy Zappi, who is the guy who voices Meowth in the English Ooh. dub these days. And you think he would have lobbied? I mean, maybe yeah. that's why it got at least captured a little bit somewhere else, but... Um you think he'd he'd lobby a little bit harder to keep that line in there maybe he never liked it i don't know <laughs> but um you said that it's less direct to, to make you think the, the, that line made me think plenty as have other lines in other movies you know mm. have made me think a little bit about what's going on and how how to apply that more broadly so i don't think being more direct versus less direct precludes that possibility
1: um mm.
0: As far as I can tell, Happy Together's use in the first Detective Pikachu trailer wasn't because of any super specific lyrical parallel with the plot of the film. Sure, Tim whips out his phone a few times, and occasionally acts a little crazy, but really it seems that the song was meant to highlight the buddy cop aspect of the movie. And perhaps it suggests that Tim and Detective Pikachu might have wound up with each other for a reason. Musically, the song's melancholic verses and incredibly bright chorus parallel the film's darker, but not too dark tone, and to a certain extent the personalities of the main characters, with Tim being more low-key and Detective Pikachu more energetic. With all that said, however, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that this isn't the first time the song has come into Pokémon's orbit. Fans of the original N64 Smash Brothers will remember that ads for that game also use this tune, adding another level of nostalgia to the mix. Anyway, do you have your own thoughts on any of this? Feel free to let us know. Thanks. And I guess we should talk about some of the other lines. I mean, they kept the circumstances of one's birth line, but there were there were other lines that yeah. they changed that, you know, maybe they were constrained by the lip flap movements in the CG that are a little more detailed and harder to get around, although they, they didn't super match things always. Um, but... You know there were plenty of lines I wanted to be there and weren't This is a very quotable movie um, <laughs> as as a lot of the the Pokeon movies are for for good or for or for mockery, I suppose, in certain cases, <laughs> but you know when the scientist at the beginning he says, "We dreamed of creating the world's greatest or most powerful pokemon, but he doesn't say, and we succeeded, you know, and um
1: yeah, yeah that put <laughs> on.
0: And uh, various other changes here and there.
1: Harbormaster, yeah, her whole speech about the tears of life—I think got nixed.
0: Yeah, that—that that was something that was, I believe, added in the in the English dub in '99 to sort of, A- true. sort of make those tears at the end not just come out of nowhere. So if if you think you know, folks criticize that, I suspect that it would have been worse without the one uh, of things things there. So. You know, and, and I think, I don't think there's any direct correspondence, but between the, between her and the other characters when she says that, but I, I definitely get the feeling it's like a, that's, that's a nice old wives tale or whatever. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah, and her line at the end where it's like, it's good to have things clear again. Like, I mean, I it, it, it never was in the Japanese, so I get why that might be something that got retranslated, but... Like, there was something about that that was very touching to me. It might just be my nostalgia talking, but, like, it made some beautiful moments that I did miss a little bit.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about sort of the extensions. Now, the original first movie is only about 70 or 80 minutes long. They added about 15 to 20 minutes of content. A little bit of that is that stuff at the beginning. But throughout the movie, there are extended versions of scenes and more direction and, and stuff like that. I'll just kind of make a comparison to another movie here. At times, I did kind of feel like I was watching the director's cut of Wrath of Khan, like <laughs> a Star Trek movie, in that, um, so this director's cut, obviously, of Wrath of Khan obviously has additional little scenes and extended scenes that explain maybe a few things here and there, like where some of the characters come from and stuff like that. But there wasn't a ton in that, thing there that really enhanced the movie or or made me feel like I was getting a lot more out of it other than maybe one or two things and that's kind of the way I feel about this one honestly what I kind of wish they had done is just put the amber part in and then maybe pick a few places here or there and really think about where they want to add stuff like some of the things they added is that the uh, the water pokemon trainer you know, he goes through and watches. They extend that scene where all of his Pokémon are getting captured by Mewtwo's, you know, uh, evil Pokéballs or whatever. He calls them out by name. Oh, and by the way, he mistakes his Seedra for a Kingdra, which is, they they fixed two wrong names, but they added one back in. So I guess it's a net positive, but I just want to point that out. <laughs> and And that scene in general, and the battles are a little bit longer, which isn't terrible in and of itself, but the stuff they added didn't really seem to, uh, none of it was so special that I went, oh, I'm really glad they added that, or that, you know, gave more depth to the scene or whatever. Um, So, you know, I don't think I hated it, but I don't think it really enhanced it either. And what were your thoughts?
1: Well, this is a movie that, much as I love it, it's not my favorite Pokemon movie. Like, And one of those reasons is there are a lot of things that I think could be trimmed down. Um, yeah, I mean, we'd be going through with a fine-tooth comb to find all the places where, but there's a few things in here that I think are a little bit superfluous or go on a little bit long. So I- I'm with you. Like, I would have loved to have Amber as part of this. Like That whole scene, I think, could have added a lot of meaning to the movie and emotional depth, and then they could have gone through a lot of this movie and maybe edited a few things out for time, especially since the first time I saw this movie, uh, the the original version, I felt like Ash and Mewtwo kind of shared dual protagonist duties, but this time around, they leaned heavily into This Is Mewtwo's story. And I really got that impression so much more from this version. And with that being the case, 90% of the stuff happening with Ash, um, particularly before he gets to New Island, is kind of superfluous. I think there is a lot that could be done to have changed some of those scenes or just straight up trimmed them down to the stuff that's most important to the narrative um, and like how he contrasts to Mewtwo and his story like like I did not need extended things. I needed things cut, I think, to really enjoy this. Um the only exception would be things like amber that further the story that's actually being told.
0: Yeah, as far as like the original US theatrical release, I suspect the amber scene was cut either to reduce the time of the movie, or to maybe avoid a PG rating, because it is kind of one of the darker parts of the movie when you see that going on, (laughs) or test audiences didn't like it, or something. But I think it would have made a good addition here. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: you know, the I I kind of agree with you. uh, As far as, like, cuts to the original movie, I would have cut down a little bit of the repeating of the, like, moral lesson that Fighting is bad, or I would have changed those lines to give more uh, more distinction between what's going on in the movie and what's you know a, a regular Pokemon battle with rules and stuff like that is what how those two things are different. Yeah, those were kind of the main changes I would make. I suppose there's there's one scene I, I well it has they tried to s- uh, put in a nice little joke in there uh, to the longtime fans. But I, I, I really felt was kind of unnecessary, and honestly, kind of a bad idea. This is where, you know, Brock obviously he likes likes women, um, you know, and and uh, they added in a part where he sort of uh, I think the whatever the female trainer I forget her name the one with the uh, the blastoise where he kind of um, you know says nice things about her as I guess the the nice way to put it, and in in this day and age i think we really did not need that as an addition and it feels a little tone deaf due to current societal trends let's put it that way mm. um and this is obviously where they stuff well not obviously i suppose but they stuff in a, a jelly donut joke to uh make a thing there and did you have any thoughts on that particular edition i just kind of wanted to call it out sorry
1: like, I've been over the jelly donut argument since I was, like, 14, so, like, I did not need that brought up again, although I'm sure Brock makes lovely jelly donuts. Um, I- I didn't mind us seeing an example of his flirting, but- I agree that since... Be, just because Brock has been doing that since day one, but I agree that since it wasn't in the original movie and it got added, it throws a giant spotlight on it and makes you question things a little more. I certainly think there is a way to appreciate Brock's uh, character. I actually am not sure what he said in English. I but I was watching it. I would switched over to Japanese at that point. I think there's definitely ways to handle Brock and that particular trait of his that are not offensive but knowing that it was added in a place where it wasn't where where it didn't feel like it was needed the first time around but now we do like like it does make you think about things um it like it didn't offend me on any level necessarily to have it there but you know there are just because that's how a character acts all the time doesn't necessarily mean it's not worth examining and maybe changing, because there are people who decide how a character acts.
0: So, yeah, however you feel about that one, I felt it was worth bringing up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: do you have any other, other thoughts on this as kind of an overall package in terms of additions, deletions, and changes?
1: Um, As far as additions, deletions, and changes... There were a lot of moments that I expected them to give a little more weight to and they didn't. And maybe that's maybe sometimes that's a positive because I think when you're revisiting nostalgia like this, you can get a little overindulgent. So like props to them for not necessarily padding out their big emotional meaty moments uh, any more than was done. And, and necessarily like having a moment to be like, look how brilliant we are we created this cultural touchstone and kind of wearing out their welcome a little bit with it it's hard to explain what I'm going for but like things that I think are an easy trap to fall into to kind of self-congratulate and maybe milk some of the previous glory were not taken um as much as they could have been and I really, was impressed by that. I was sad that the actual moment where Ash is, like, petrified and Pikachu runs out into the center and, you know, freaks out, basically, I felt that that got shortened. Like, I felt we didn't have as much time sitting with Pikachu and their desperation and their grief. Like, I I think we did touch on it for a brief second um, last week when we talked about this. Like, Ikue Otani's voice acting, like, wrecked us. Like, she she almost deserves... I think she deserves an Oscar for that scene. Like, she has no human dialogue, and yet she takes us on a huge arc of, like, all the stages of grief, and, like, there's so much emotion in her voice. And I feel like that scene felt a little flat to me this time, just because we didn't have the time. We didn't have those long periods of silence. And then as many lines of Pikachu dialogue, of Pikachu processing that, and then, you know, once the acceptance finally kicks in, that long period of grief and crying, it was, it was a little bit different. Some of it was good, some of it was bad, but, like, just, it felt a lot shorter, and it felt like I didn't have enough time to breathe with that scene, as we did the first time. And, Maybe, maybe in terms of actual seconds, it was the same time, and it just, like I said, the moment didn't breathe, so it felt shorter. But for that reason, it, it had less of an impact on me than it has.
0: I kind of get what you're saying. I'm not sure if I have the same observation there. Um, I, yeah. I do think this version <laughs> hit me less emotionally, and some of that, no doubt, is the some of the changed dialogue and the missing sort of key lines there, and... Stuff like that, and obviously the music that we talked about at length.
1: Mm.
0: But yeah, you know, the original when I watched it again last night hit me uh, pretty well, especially for a movie I did not like the first time I saw it, as I mentioned uh, in our music discussion. But yeah, I don't. I don't feel like any of the the changes. Nothing was particularly revelatory to me, and I suspect there are other people who feel that way that they have been told time and time again by quote-unquote the internet (laughs) which is one big monolith of course that uh you need to get as close as you can to the japanese version because you will get so much of a better experience out of it and i'm sure that's true for some folks and you know you're not not gonna say you're terrible people or you're you're absolutely wrong about that but you know this is all a matter of opinion and i'm sure for a lot of folks they were a little bit puzzled by this remake, and and did not get the the uh, revelatory experience that they thought they might. Um, and I think I'm kind of well, in that boat to
1: get the revelatory <laughs> to get the revelatory experience. You'd have to actually be close to the Japanese dialogue at the moments it mattered, and they weren't. Okay. So there's that.
0: <laughs> I suppose, but you're
1: right. Yeah, like watching. Watching it in English is no detriment to you or your viewing experience, certainly.
0: I get what you're saying there, that yes, you can obviously get closer and closer to <laughs> it, but I, even knowing some of the stuff they didn't change, it's it still wasn't, you know, some sort of mm-hmm. amazing, yeah. You know, if, if you were expecting me to have a reaction that four kids, they did an awful job <laughs> back then then they obfuscated everything, yeah. I really kind of feel like it's almost the opposite for me, that they... They made a a clearer, more focused movie, and maybe the Japanese style is more what a lot of folks wanted, but for me, it just kind of came across as less clear, not nuanced, but just kind of muddy.
1: I think that's fair, and mm, I I agree with you. They definitely made a very focused movie, and one that played to the storytelling style over here like they definitely were true to the spirit of what that movie was trying to like elicit in us and what it was about and told it in a way that kids in our generation would respond to. I would again argue if you're trying to compare this remake to like say that this remake was more in the Japanese style I highly disagree because again for that to be true you'd actually have to translate it, right? or or at least ugh, not translated it's not like they translated it wrong they just made choices but yeah like i don't think that you could say this remake is the viewing experience you're looking for if you're trying to watch it in japanese but i also say if you're from a western culture watching it in the japanese experience like you have to come in prepared to do mental homework and you might still walk away feeling like this is it is not as a focused movie because it's Not like it was necessarily a masterpiece to begin with. So, for my part, yeah. Like, the English dub of the original is far superior, I think, to... Or or the English adaptation of the original is superior, I think, in structure and storytelling and um, translation choices to this English version. But But I definitely think trying to compare this new version to the Japanese is not fair because it's still not it, it's accurate up to the points where it like actually matters to the plot,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's certainly a way to looking at it. but uh you know, if you were yeah. one of those diehard fans and I'm not saying you're a terrible person or anything like that <laughs> who who you know really doesn't like the four kids uh version from ninety nine and stuff like that. You should at least try and figure out why there are a lot of folks who did and still do. And I think there is something mm-hmm. to be said for meeting your audience part way, which is kind of what the four kids dub did. Was it perfect? Well, I don't know if we can even come with a consistent definition on that <laughs> one. But uh, like I said, a lot of folks liked it then and they still like it now. And so. Right. Yeah. Um, even if you don't agree with them, you should at least try and, and figure out why that is. Mm hmm. All right, well, we have some, I guess, other things to cover here. First of all, I, I wanted to discuss, should this have been theatrically released? At this point, we don't think there's going to be any, like, roadshow or anything like that with this movie. Now, of course, given the time we're recording this in the middle of March 2020, there is, oh, just a little bit of a public health crisis going on. Um <laughs> But for the purposes of deciding whether this should have been theatrically released, we're going to assume that this decision was made last year uh, before the Pokemon Company or whatever studios might have been interested would have a clue that there was going to be something called COVID-19 running around the world and closing movie theaters in certain countries and diminishing returns in many others. But uh, personally, there there are a couple of reasons I would have liked to have seen this in theaters. Uh, if this were going to a traditional distributor, uh, most likely I guess it would be either Disney or Warner Brothers, since Disney has an existing relationship with the Pokemon Company for the television rights uh, to the TV show and to the, the movies. And of course, Warner Brothers distributed the original version of the movie and also did Detective Pikachu when they inherited that. Last year, those were kind of me the obvious choices. In theory, it could have been just about any movie studio, uh, major movie studio, might have wanted to take a crack. Given the current market for remakes of '90s kids films, you know, you look at it, it might not have made, say, you know, Aladdin or Lion King or you know, even Mulan money, which Mulan is definitely. Um, being um, diminished in terms of its returns or, or will be diminished in terms of its returns due to the whole COVID-19 scenario since all the movie theaters in China are closed down right now. But I, I really expect that had this been released to theaters worldwide, it could have grossed somewhere in the 200, 300 million range. Uh, recalling that Detective Pikachu made almost half a billion in box office revenue and of course much more in merchandising and home video and stuff like that. And I would expect that the Pokemon companies take on something like that would have been the eight figure range at least. Um, if it did phenomenally well, it could be even you know up to over a hundred million. Although that's that's more than I would expect this thing to gross. Mm. Obviously, they would have had to spend more time on marketing and uh, other things. But Anne, what are your, sort of your overall thoughts on that?
1: Um, overall, for an Asian market. Absolutely, it should have gotten a theatrical release, and I believe in Japan it probably did. Uh, over in the rest of the world, assuming we were not under quarantine, um if they thought they could recoup the money it would take to market it in um the West, then absolutely they should have. like why not? They will get they will get a lot of people out of curiosity. like if they, if they felt that they could get their money back for it, they absolutely should have. Did we necessarily need a theatrical release for this movie? I'm not sure. Like, it's it, it feels like a dessert, like an extra dessert to me. Like, no one is going to turn down an extra slice of cake, but you don't need that extra slice of cake. So, I I don't feel super strongly about it. Like, it, again, if they thought they could get their money back, it's a fun movie. Um, Going to the theaters is always fun, but just because for our generation who has kind of already seen this movie and was a little hesitant about it to begin with, I feel like a big theatrical movie for this, like, almost is too much. But again, for the young kids who this is kind of brand new, like, many of them, like, have never even seen the original, um, that is a big fun experience for them. So it's like, if if they feel that it could bring back their marketing money, then they should go for it. For my part, personally, I don't think I needed to see it in theaters. I'm very happy to have watched it at home on streaming. Um.
0: <laughs> I get what you're saying there, but there are also a few technical reasons. I, I think I would have liked to see this in theaters. Uh, first of all,
1: mm, yeah, Pokemon yeah. movies
0: is always better with a crowd slash live audience Mm-hmm. and that would have been a lot of fun with this. Some of my best experiences with movies, actually my best experience ever with uh, a movie in theaters in terms of, of how much I enjoyed just being with other people and seeing it as Pokemon 2000, that really enhanced that movie and, and one, is one of the reasons why it's my favorite Pokemon movie. I also tend to suspect that had this gone through a more traditional movie distributor, Not that Netflix doesn't do theatrical runs. They absolutely do for some of their movies. And, you know, even if they were doing it this way, they certainly could have made a little bit of extra change that way. I kind of suspect that had this gone through Disney or Warner Brothers, that they would have probably reshaped it a bit to get it to be honestly closer to the original English version. They probably would have done more musically that got it closer to that. Certainly they would have had the, the money to get, you know, Blessed Union of Souls and even Christina Aguilera to, to reprise some of their stuff like, like she is doing for the Mulan remake and, and things like that. Um, so I think I might have liked that remake more. They may even have been able to put in money to tweaking some of the CG either to make the lip movements match the English dub better and maybe even for a few other languages and stuff like that. Or they would have, um, you know, tidied up some of the animation and stuff. They might have sent consultants over to tweak a few things, you know, not totally redo it, but maybe fix some of the weaker scenes if, they're, if they felt that there those were out there and stuff like that. So that would have certainly been one advantage. Uh, I have uh, one or two other ideas, but uh, Anne, any thoughts on those?
1: Um, I'm not super thrilled with the idea of them tweaking the animation, so. Nah. But, no, you bring a good point about, like, they probably would have done different things musically, and, and maybe we would have gotten Christina Aguilera back. Yeah, things – who knows how things differently could have shaken down if they'd have gone with a different distributor. Obviously, if um a different distributor changed the nature of the movie we got, that changes my opinion of whether or not this movie should have been seen in theaters. I think you were talking before recording as well – about, like, this movie in 3D and getting a theatrical run, we'd have been able to experience that, possibly. So th- there are definitely some good points that could have come out of it. I'm just not as enthused about them as you seem to be. Sorry. <laughs>
0: That's okay. That's why we do these discussions. But, yeah, the stereoscopic 3D, there are a couple of, of spots that even watching it in 2D, I could tell were kind of 3D pandering, like, when Psyduck gets hit by the, uh, the evil Pokeball, it flies up very close to the, uh, the camera there, and you can, as a, a sort of thing that says, yes, this is in 3D, because I have to assume when this was, was in fact shown in Japan that they did have at least some 3D stereoscopic showings. That seems to be sort of the mainstay of, of what's keeping 3D in movie theaters, even though in the home it's kind of disappeared. So, so there's there's definitely that. Um, I also kind of wanted to mention the the whole thing about redoing some of it because that's kind of in line with the original distribution. Um,
1: that is true. This is true.
0: <laughs> they they did some of the stuff they added. Like if you look at the the Pokemon the first movie, in the ninety nine dub, occasionally it'll get a little bit sharper, and that's because they redid some of the stuff. Uh, kind of initially for Japan, but also for the Western theatrical release to, you know, make those clouds around uh, New Island, make those look better and do some more, th- more perspective type stuff. And like the the bubble beam that comes out of Squirtle in the opening sequence, all that stuff was was added in, you know, sort of a, a, a just-in-time special edition, I guess you might want to call it. That's cool. And uh if they redid some of the CG or or spruced it up a little bit, that would uh kind of repeated that. And I was kinda of hoping that just for the parallelism. <laughs> but I do kind of suspect that it, it would not have been cheap to put this out, but it would not have been super expensive either. It wouldn't have it would have been lower risk than say if they had um you know, it would not have cost them nearly as much as making like Detective Pikachu or or things like that. Mm. Um, The marketing, yes, that would have been probably tens of millions of dollars and some of the rework that might have cost $10, 20000000 million. But even then, their budget is still considerably lower. And at the very least, you know, I think even with the virus outbreak, they probably would have at least broken even if not made Mm. some more money there. Uh, It it really depends when it was released. I did look uh, in late last year at some possibilities when we didn't know which studio it was going through. I was thinking July or August. And uh, curiously, at the end of this year, there was a slot that was... uh, Warner Bros. has a Tom and Jerry movie coming out in December that they moved up from early 2021. And part of me wonders if that was a slot they were kind of reserving there. You know, as far as, like I said, the the, the whole COVID-19 scenario... It would certainly, the main thrust would almost certainly be over, if not by the summer, by the end of the year, although there might be a little bit of an echo uh, of it reemerging for a little while at a, a somewhat lower rate uh, based on some stuff I've I've listened to, some podcasts and stuff like that. But, yeah, I really do feel like there was a missed opportunity here, and I can. I, it seems like you're not as, I don't know if miffed is the right word, but bothered uh, by... The road not taken here, and uh, <laughs> a- as we, as I kind of said earlier, I think it's possible the Pokemon company made the right decision for reasons they could not have foreseen.
1: Uh, and and for all of us who are kind of stuck at home, especially those who are who are stuck at home for long periods of time with young children and like everything is closed, I think it's very nice to have a movie like Pokemon that is fresh and new on streaming like to just kind of take the edge off a little bit so it may have all worked out as well as it possibly could have for this situation so
0: yeah it does kind of sound like i wanted them the what would probably be the more commercially successful version of this just because in part that's kind of what was into my interest there and you were kind of more happy with what we what we got here Mm. But neither of us likes it more than the original version (laughs) or the 99 version, perhaps, of the movie.
1: No, I would. I don't know if you were planning to circle around to this later. I would like to just mention the acting because I've mentioned, like, on my podcast, like, it took me a long time to kind of come around to the English dub post for kids. um, Partially just because, you know, nostalgia reasons. You grow up with a certain character voice and then it changes and you feel like you don't know that character anymore some of it is legit acting choices that I've just never, never really agreed with. But this is one movie where the cast had a great opportunity to kind of go back and revisit some iconic moments in Pokemon lore and kind of do their own take on it on the English side. Like for the Japanese side, it's all the same cast. I'm sure Rika and Ikoe were like, you know, waiting their entire lives to redo some of these scenes. And as an actor, like that's, like, that's a wonderful moment when you can kind of go back to something you've done before and attack it with, like, your hindsight and and your renewed experience. Um, and for the cast of the English dub who had not gotten to do it, I think it's a really great opportunity for them. And it, like, brought out a lot of the things in Ash's character from uh, Sarah Natacheni, who does Ash now, That I had not seen when she took over in kind of late advanced generation to Sinnoh where Ash was in a particular point of development and when she came in it was so different from what Veronica and Rika were doing that I was just like, no. But having her now and all her experience through Kalos and Sun and Moon and now coming back to do this movie, I found myself really responding to a lot of the acting choices she was making with the character. And kind of highlighting the things about Ash that I love were also coming out in her performance as well. So I've i started to really grow into her, and I think that's worth pointing out. Like even though I don't feel that I needed this movie uh, to exist, I, I think for the younger generation of Pokemon fans, who those who would be influenced by acting and actor portrayals, and for the cast themselves, this is a very special opportunity. Um, and brought out some different things out of those actors that they may not have otherwise gotten the chance to experience. There were a lot of words. Sorry, I don't think they were all in order. But, like, as an actor, this is a fascinating opportunity for me. And for my appreciation for the current English voice actors, it really paid off. Like, um, a lot of them had some really great performances of old material that I'm familiar with that, that, struck me in new ways.
0: Well, uh, um, you know, I I don't think I ever had as much trouble adjusting to the voice actor change, (laughs) thanks to not only a certain Australian rock group, but also uh, other changes in other cartoons as I've grown up. I I think English changes are just a little less common, or whatever you want to say there. To be honest, uh, as far as Ash, I was a little bit Put off hearing him in this is because the ass we get in the in the first movie is not. I I always feel like the the voice actor change makes a little more sense to me for ass just because he sounds a bit more mature and having that happen later in the series I think actually kind of kind of works in there for me. Mm. Whereas having him redo this movie is definitely kind of going backwards, which I guess he kind of did with I Choose You, but somehow I don't know it didn't didn't ruin the movie or anything. Uh, maybe diminished it a little bit, but you know, as far as the voice acting, a lot of folks were not super happy with uh, Misty, which I believe is done by Michelle Knotts, who also does Jesse, and presumably was hired on her ability to do a very close Jesse to Rachel Lewis's and does not do quite as close a Misty for whatever reason. It's just the the way her voice works. Um, at the time, I'm sure it obviously made sense since Jesse was going to be a regular character going on and. Uh, Misty was not, but of course we've seen more of her in the last few years thanks to various things. But uh, there is definitely one other question I want to talk about with this. Uh, It's kind of a two-parter. First of all, are there other Pokémon movies you would want to see remade in 3D and redubbed and all that stuff like we got here? Would you want to see, I guess the the commercially the most viable remake would be Pokémon 2000 The Power of One. Um, is that something you would be interested in or, or not?
1: Absolutely not for two reasons. One, I, well, hmm. I don't need to see the power of one done in this treatment just because we've had that, we've had it. And then we've also had the power of us. I don't need to see that story that setting those ideas a third time. Um, like at all. I definitely don't need to see it rendered in this style of CG. I do think the backgrounds and the color palette would be phenomenal, but that movie is such a work of visual art. I don't I don't want to see it redone. I don't think it needs to be. I would I would be interested in seeing a different Pokemon story, like just come up with an original script and animate it in this CG style. I would be interested in that. Even if they set it in, like, an ocean theme with a Lugia. But I do not need to see Pokemon 2000 redone.
0: Yeah, that was kind of going to be my second question. (laughs) I have
1: feelings.
0: (laughs) Is whether you would want to see original stuff, which I would also be interested in an original story. Now, I guess I'll have to uh, have it both ways with Pokemon 2000. Now, regardless of what they put out, I would almost certainly watch it if they did a CGI remake of Pokemon 2000. However, if they gave it the same (laughs) musical treatment as uh, what they did here with Pokemon the first movie, um, if you think they got complaints about not having Brother My Brother or the original score or We're a Miracle or Don't Say You Love Me, um, it's pretty easy to imagine the level of complaints they will get if they don't have some version. I'm not expecting them to bring Donna Summer back from the dead. Um, but um, if they don't have some version of The Power of One, if they don't use the English version of of Lugia's theme, mm-hmm. yeah, they kind of mm-hmm. got away with using the Japanese version in The Power of Us. But to be honest, you can call you know the, them ignorant if you want, but I assume if they tried to pull that with a remake of The Power of One, they would get a lot of folks to say, oh, they were too cheap to get the musical rights to Lugia's theme, so they had to use this substitute. Even though, if it were based on the original Japanese version, they would they would get that criticism, and I think we would take something that was a a knock for a lot of people. There were some folks where the lack of the music difference on this one on on Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution ruined it for them. But I think we'd see a much more negative reaction if they try and pull the same thing on the Power of One. And if anyone from the Pokemon Company is listening, heed my warning. <laughs> on that because you will not get away with it there. Um, yeah. you will get a lugia song in English. The English version of that is absolutely beloved and you will get raked over the coals. Yeah. Not that I think you should always back down to social media pressure because you're that's where you're going to get the brunt of it. But it's going to hurt you in your wallet, in your pocketbook, as well, in terms of how many people want to view/slash review that movie. I will totally see it if it does, <laughs> uh, unless it's somehow it totally turns me off some way. Um, I can virtually guarantee I will watch it. Uh, but if they take the same musical approach as they did *The Sun*, they're going to pay because that my appreciation for that movie is like fifty percent music, twenty or thirty uh, percent visuals. And another 20% or so, a few witty lines and other choices here and there is my appreciation of that movie. And the Japanese music isn't terrible. I do kind of wonder if the, on the Japanese side, if they would even, you know, no disrespect to Amuro uh, nami or however you say that, um, if they would actually bring that back there, because I don't think that song is quite as associated with that movie. Certainly not as The Power of One is Here. So that's kind of my opinion there as far as any of the later movies. Not something I absolutely need either. Um, but an original story is an interesting concept. They want to do that in two or three years or whatever and interleave that with yeah. the, uh, the hand-drawn movies they're doing. I think that could be quite interesting.
1: Yeah, especially now that the movies have kind of veered off onto their own path. Um, There's kind of a wide open world for stories and how they want to tell stories in the Pokemon world.
0: But yeah, I think that kind of gives us our thoughts on the whole CGI remake and what we would like to see in the future. Obviously, the next one will be more of a traditional animation. I mean, we say hand-drawn. Everything's done on computers these days. It's just a matter of whether it's 3D rendered or designed to look like, you know, uh, a regular cartoon just done uh, digitally. But yeah, so I'm interested to see what we're going to get from Coco. I'm sure we'll find out some more stuff about that soon. But, uh, Anne, any other thoughts on our, our movie discussion here?
1: No, it was fun. I was glad I saw it. It was very nice.
0: All right. Well, looking forward to do more of these in the future. Thanks for listening to the PokePress Digest podcast. We'd appreciate if you rate or review us on your podcast app of choice. If you'd like to find more of our great content... Visit our website, at pokepress.blogspot.com. If you'd like to contact us, send an email to PokePress at gmail.com or follow at PokePress on Twitter.
1: But you're right, like movie movie two is at least 50% writing on its on its music and and a good chunk of the rest of the percent on its visuals that plot I love Takeshi Shudo's emotional writing but it's got plot holes it's got some some problems <laughs> it's it's writing a lot on what it makes you feel visually and auditorily and yeah. you can't mess with it you can't mess with it or it all falls apart <laughs>
0: But uh, I would almost certainly watch it if such a thing were done. And actually, two thousand or the power of one did gross higher in some countries than Poking on the first movie. So there's a thing there. I don't know. I wouldn't want to totally. I mean, the the, the other complaint people have with that one is Ash doesn't do it everything by himself, which I think is a kind of a fundamental misunderstanding <laughs> of the. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can argue the marketing said one person can make all the difference, but it's doesn't mean you know it's it's not one person does all the work or one person has all the answers.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one per every every person has the one thing they can do. We if we are all one as a collective. <laughs>